Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Hello, my wonderful listeners, and welcome to episode 52 of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are having an awesome, awesome, awesome morning, day, or evening, whenever you guys are choosing to tune in. This week's guest is Mrs. Krista Francoeur. So Krista is the founder of Wild Remedies, which is an incredible brand that focuses on creating herbal products and healing people through the power of plants. So one of her flagship products is actually chaga, which is a essentially like a mushroom tea, I think. That's the best way I've personally experienced it. And it's supposed to be really good for you. And we dive into what that is and, and how that can help you and all that. But what I really want to focus on in this intro is Krista herself. And the story behind Wild Remedies, how she got into plant medicines, and and really what I loved most about Krista. So Krista, about four years ago, was in an incredibly different place than she is now. She was 40 extra pounds overweight. She had all sorts of uh, infections, symptoms that, and she was very much prone to illness. And she kept uh, and she kept falling sick, and and she wasn't in a place that that she could really create, do, and experience life like like she wanted to. And at some point, she ran across a Netflix documentary, and we talk a lot about this on the episode. But a Netflix documentary that challenged her relationship with food, which then also gave her the wake up call to just starting taking ownership for her entire life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the change, the action, and put her on a spiritual journey with plants. Uh, with food, with with just about everything, and the way she navigates and dances through life in such a beautiful way. And I love this episode because we don't just talk about food. We don't just talk about plant medicines. We don't just talk about any one dimension of health and wellness. We really focus on just about everything, everything from forgiving your past, accepting your present, making change, creating newness, uh, trusting what the universe has to offer you, listening to signs, attaching meaning to the meaningless, and really using all of the tools uh, in the health and wellness space combined with a practical knowledge of the way the world works to start noticing things as they're happening so that you can create the change you need to as you're going through life. And I love this episode so much just because we start talking about emotions and one of the, and I'm not going to divulge too much more because I want you guys to actually listen to this episode and take in what Krista has to offer around the idea of emotional health. And, and really even your relationship with your emotions and, and the good and the bad. Because I think most people, including myself, we try to shun the bad emotions and we just want to focus on the good. But really, uh, in order to live a full and meaningful life, we have to experience all of it. And in order to move through life, you have to experience the negative emotions because you don't have negative emotions unless they have a purpose. And so that's something we talk about deeply on this episode. And I'm so excited to get this one out just because I love featuring brands I love. I, I love featuring founders that 
inspire me to be more. And Krista is absolutely one of those people. So if you guys are interested in learning more about Chaga and seeing more about what uh, Krista's company has to offer, visit wildremediesshop.com. And you can learn more about her story and, and what Chaga is and plant-based medicines and, and just go down that rabbit hole because it is certainly a rabbit hole that you can you can become fascinatingly curious about, um, which personally I am starting to uh, more and more. So anyways, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a review and join the, the Stay Grounded community on Facebook, uh, rajana.com forward slash stay grounded for all the information. We discuss post-podcast interviews. We uh, we, we have conversations. I share a lot more content there. And, and really, it's a place where you can meet like-minded people who are just trying to be more. So if you haven't already, go check it out. But anyways, hope you guys enjoy this amazing episode with Krista. And I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording. So without further ado, here is the amazing Krista Frankhor. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. And really, really, really privileged and excited to be talking to my new friend, Krista. How are you, Krista? I am amazing, Raj. And I'm so excited to talk to you too. I've missed your face since the event that we were at. Yes. Um, I want to tell everyone about that because I think it's it was, it's pretty amazing. You know, I, I go to a lot of events and I find that serendipitously, I just kind of start sitting next to the right people. I just kind of let the events sort of come to me as opposed to me going to events because I feel it's mm-hmm. a lot more organic that way. And remember the first night uh, dinner, we sat next to each other, right? And I think we stayed there way longer than we expected. <laughs> we were just talking about life and going down the rabbit hole. And it just made me realize that I had to have you here. So thank you again for just coming in. And, and, and I'm really looking forward to, to diving deep. Me too. And it's my pleasure. All right. Well, I already introduced you. So I'm going to start just picking at certain parts of your story that I found really intriguing. And I think the first part that I found particularly interesting was how a video or a movie or a documentary gave you the clarity or the final straw to change. I think that a lot of people go through a lot of tough times in life. And most people refer to some sort of a rock bottom being the thing that makes them change. For you, it was seeing someone else's rock bottom on video. Um, why do you think you were able to take that experience and change it into something so um, meaningful for you? Um, so that rock bottom point for me, just to give some context, I had very poor health for a very long time. So I was almost 200 pounds at one point. I was suffering with chronic pain. I had fibromyalgia. I was constantly sick with something. Like there was just always something wrong with me. And it had been like that for probably like 10, 15 years. And the documentary that I was watching, it was like Food Matters or Hungry for Change, like one one of those movies, which are very popular now. And it actually, it gave me a paradigm shift because that was the first time that I learned (laughs) that what you put in your body is incredibly important because we are what we eat. And a lot of the issues that I was suffering with, um, you know, had to do with the things that I was putting into my body. And I had been doing all of these diets and stuff in the past to try to look a certain way rather than feel a certain way. And so I had never actually wanted to be kind enough to myself 
to feel better. It was always like a self-sabotaging, like you, you look terrible and you're sick and we're like, you just, you need to look a certain way. And I would do like these crazy diets. Like I literally lost my gallbladder once because I did this HCG diet where I ate 500 calories a day for a month. And I ended up in the hospital, like not healthy, not wow. a healthy way yeah. to live. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, you said something really interesting to me about instead of looking a certain way, feeling a certain way. Why do you think feeling a certain way has such a powerful change in not only the way you look, but also in the way you just navigate through life? Mm -hmm. Because when you're feeling good, your spirit is happy. And that just comes from the inside out. Like you, you radiate that, that happiness and that health, you know, people say health is wealth (laughs) and it's, it's so true. Like if you do not have your health, you don't have anything. And, you know, I'm still fearful of, you know, falling ill because I know what that's like and I know how debilitating it is. And what I find really sad and troublesome is that there are so many people struggling with health issues right now. And I get it. Like, I I know what that's like. I, I know how painful that is. And you're literally going through life like there's like a bag over your head or like a cloud or something. Like you're not, you're not able to participate fully in life in that state. You mentioned something that's really interesting to me. Why do you feel fearful of being ill again when you're so healthy now? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac. I think (laughs) that's just like part of my personality. Um, You know, I I'm, I'm focused on, on health, but I just, I don't know. It's interesting. Like if, if anything does happen, like recently I went through adrenal fatigue. So for people who don't know what that is, it's basically, when you get way too stressed (laughs) and this can be caused by work or like overwork or relationships, or there's many different aspects as to why we can become overstressed. Our body produces too much cortisol and we kind of fall apart. And in, in my case, it was anxiety and um, heart palpitations, chest pains, like limb swelling, like my skin, my, my hormones were a complete mass. And so there's like this very fine balance that I'm trying to, to work with right now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, I still have health challenges from time to time. And, um, and it was scary because I felt so awful. But I knew that I had done this in the past where I've healed myself with like, you know, meditation and healthy food and all of that. And I was going to do it again. And lo and behold, I mean, this is a condition that can last for people, you know, like a year or more. And I was able to feel much better within like three months, which Mm -hmm. was great. But I had to really focus on it. Yeah. So tell me more about the focus. What were you focusing on and why do you think the things you focused on helped you heal most people, you know, when they say feeling better, like you mentioned earlier, you feel better, but your spirit feels better. It's happier. It's mm-hmm. less stressful. Maybe your mindset's different. Mm-hmm. Um, how does your attitude about the way you feel influence the way you heal? Well, mm-hmm. make that rhyme, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Well, in my case, this was more of like a spiritual thing. I had gone through a really brutal breakup. And it had taken a major toll on me. And I really needed to learn self-care. So, you know, as an entrepreneur, I am fairly type A. (laughs) I'm I'm very driven. You know, it's typical for me to work like 16 to 18 hours a day when, when I need to. But I literally had to pull back. Like, you cannot, you cannot 
do that sustainably long-term. Like humans are just not built for that. We're not computers. So I really just had to take a break and just focus on things that made me feel good. And in the beginning, that was hard because I was suffering with depression and it was like, nothing makes me feel good. You know, I went to Italy. I'm like, is wine and cheese going to make me feel good? No, no. We need to remember that kale makes you feel good. And you like that just made things worse. So I ended up going home to Canada and like I bought a paddleboard and I went on the water and I meditated and I just, you know, ate healthy stuff. And I allowed myself to feel those negative feelings because in our society, we kind of shun that, you know, people are told to like, get over it, just get over it, you know? And it, that's damaging because feelings like depression and grief are actually medicine because when you come out of those experiences, you are so much stronger. There's so much learning in medicine in the times when you don't feel good. You know, so even in the times when I was sick originally, like back in the day, I still learned so much from that. And the knowledge that I have now from trying to heal myself and connecting the spirit and all of these things have given me the knowledge that I have now. Oh my God. I think you said something that uh, just blew my mind. You said there's medicine and learning. Is yeah. that what you just mentioned? Can well, you- medicine in, 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 the, in the, the hard feelings, you know, like grief is medicine. It doesn't feel like it at the time, but that's what we need to go through when we're grieving. We have those feelings for a certain reason. And as hard as it is to try to embrace that and, and take the time to, to go through those, those emotions and those feelings, it's important. And we want to rush through it and we want to get it over with because it's super uncomfortable, but it's there to teach us something. How do we know when we've learned the lesson from grief? Well, it's interesting because I've read the same ex- excerpt so many times where it's like, you know, I was stronger after I went through this situation. And, and you feel it. Like in my case, I really do feel like a lot stronger after these past few months of like major tumult <laughs> and hardship in a sense. And um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I personally just just know it intuitively. I feel like I can like navigate things a lot easier. Stuff that was scarier before isn't as much anymore. And I think that that's a big thing that a lot of people will find. Like the things that scared you before aren't as scary afterwards. So when you experience grief once and you get the medicine, does experiencing grief again give you the same type of medicine or does it give you like in what way, like how do you view emotions as medicinal or how do you view emotions as cathartic and, and healing and a part of the entire process of making yourself whole again? Because it's part of the story of your life. And grief comes in different forms, right? There's, there's heartbreak. There's loss. There's regret. There's many, many different forms of grief. So whatever thing happens in your life um, that, that triggers this emotion, it's, you're, you're going to learn a different lesson every time because it's not always going to be the same thing. Hopefully, because hopefully you've learned the lesson. I mean, not in the case of somebody like dying or something, but, you know, betrayal or, um, you know, some of the other aspects that would cause that feeling if, if you can learn from it and not allow that to happen again, if that's possible, then that's a really beautiful thing. 
Do you think exploring concepts like, you know, the law of attraction or, you know, abundance attracts abundance or like exploring those concepts shields you from experiencing pain? No, (laughs) it will allow you to navigate it a lot more elegantly. Um, but you still have to, to learn those lessons. So I kind of consider myself like a modern day witch, I guess. Like (laughs) I love herbs and flowers and like making tinctures and potions and, you know, feminism and like, witch is really just a word for like wise women and, and shamans. Like that's, that's where that term comes from. And, you know, I consult astrologists and psychics for my business and my life all the time. And they kind of give you a bit of a roadmap, right? So it's like, they're not going to tell you, oh, this thing's going to happen necessarily because you still need to learn those lessons. Um, But you can just, you can navigate them more elegantly, especially when you might kind of know what's coming up. (laughs) How do you know what's coming up? Are you in tune with your body? Is that something that you've practiced over time or... How did you sort of just learn to trust what's coming up for you and then deal with it appropriately as opposed to dealing with it in a, in a way that wouldn't necessarily be healthy? Yeah, it's that, uh, for me, it's faith, right? And not in a religious sense, but having that faith that things are going to work out okay, that I am supported by the universe and myself and things have always worked out in the past. So you know, in terms of the law of attraction thing, yes, I've been focusing on these certain things that I want to, you know, manifest in my life, but it's also about being happy where you currently are and being grateful for what you have right now. And just knowing that those things are coming for you. And I mean, in, in my case, I've just, I've seen stuff materialize in my life that I'm and like line up according to like predictions and stuff that I'm like, wow, you know, like this, this is legit, you know, like astrology is actually a science. Like it's all incorporated with like Ayurveda and yoga. Um, Vedic practitioners use all of these like, you know, arts and sciences together. Um, and it's kind of, you know, we don't know about it in the West as much, but like, I, I love to play with spirit and I love that aspect. So like, to me, that's just how I love to live my life and it makes me feel great and magical and, and connected. When's the first time you started realizing that some of these, these different concepts like astrology um, and a lot of these Vedic principles had a lot of wisdom um, in your own life? It's been, I guess, just the past couple of years, I've been digging more into it. I started studying Kriya Yoga. And um, so I don't know if you've read Autobiography of a Yogi. I tried. <laughs> um, like I started, I think I made the the terrible mistake of buying the audiobook. Uh-huh. And I, I was like driving and I put on the audiobook and I usually read audiobooks pretty fast. And mm-hmm. like I remember it took me about two hours to get through like 10 pages because mm-hmm. it was so dense. And I've been scared of it ever since. So I actually haven't <laughs> gone back to it. Um, but uh, anyways, <laughs> so yeah, I know the book. I haven't read it though. That, that story is super typical. And it was the same for me. Like the first time I attempted that book, I was like, no, nah. like, no, nah. I just, no. And it didn't resonate with me. And I was like, no way. And then one day I decided like, oh, I'm going to give it a listen again. Like I did the, I, I did the audiobook, And this time it was like, I just like voraciously, you know, couldn't stop listening to this thing. And I was like, 
okay, I, I got to learn more about this. And so this is where I kind of started getting a little bit more interested in, in the, the, the Vedic sciences, um, started practicing Kriya. And I love it. Like I incorporate it into my practice, but like my meditation practice, but. What is Kriya? So Kriya is basically a technique of meditation. So this was taught, well, Padmahansa Yogananda kind of brought yoga over from the East to the West, right? And his lineage of this Kriya Yoga, they say it comes from several masters, including like Jesus and Babaji. So it's very, it's, it's interesting. Like it, it would definitely blow the lid off of like a lot of esoteric beliefs over here. Um, there are some, you know, things that really line up with Buddhism in terms of, you know, going within and kind of reaching nirvana and, and that being the goal. Um, but for me, it was just having kind of a grounded practice. And, and integrating that and just learning. Like I'm, I'm a student of life and I am, like, I'm constantly learning stuff, everything. Like I just, you know, get obsessed with the topic and I need to go deep on that. And I felt that I got a lot out of that. I, like I don't practice Kriya all the time, but I, I integrate uh, the tools that I learned into my daily practice. When you started feeling better in life um, and started seeing change in your body, did you feel like you were, you became more interested in health, wellness. Um, did you feel like, did you feel like seeing those small wins helped you accelerate your growth? And how did you learn to appreciate the small wins when you first started out? A hundred percent. I was never really even interested in health and wellness uh, until I started seeing these changes in my body and 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 my mind and my spirit. And I guess it just kind of organically happened that I decided that I wanted to, you know, make this my life's work. <laughs> um, you know, I, I love creating. I'm a creator. I'm a designer. Like I've always just made stuff. And now, you know, I get to make beautiful products that, you know, help other people, which is super important to me because I know what it's like to be sick. Like I get that. And, um, and, and I want to help other people. But what was the, the last part of the question you asked? Um, last part of the question was, when did you start to take the small wins and let that turn into like momentum? Mm -hmm. I think the first wins are always like the sweetest, at least in my yeah. experience. Like when you're doing something and you're making a change and all of a sudden you get that first win. Yeah. I guess I have a, a question inside of that. What was that first win? Yeah. Um, and how has that sort of shaped the journey of learning and discovery within plant medicine, health, spirituality, love, self-care, and all mm -hmm. those different principles that are, are an inherent part of you now. Yeah. Well, I guess there's, there's two different things. So there's, you know, the win on the health front and then the win on, on the spiritual side. So in the beginning for, for health, like I just, I started seeing changes in my body very quickly, which normally doesn't happen for me. And, you know, I had all these changes in the beginning and then it kind of slowed down. So I kind of had to just keep in mind, um, you know, even though I'm not seeing additional changes in my body, um, just through the, the nutrition that it's still medicine and to continue feeding my body with, with what it needs on the spiritual side. <laughs> it's actually a funny story. Um, I used to own an ad agency back home in Canada and there was this client that I really wanted and 
I ended up not getting the account, but I started practicing my first law of attraction kind of technique where I was thinking like, this client's going to call me back. They're going to tell me it didn't work out with the other agency and and they're going to hire me. And, you know, I don't even know if I was doing it right or whatever, but I feel like the universe just gives you like one really big sign in the beginning. (laughs) And in my case, it was like, God, I don't know, three or four weeks later, I get this phone call and like verbatim, the thing that I had been reciting in my mind, it's like, Hey, it didn't work out with the other agency. We want to hire you. Can you like come tomorrow? Like we, we need to get going on this. And I like hung up the phone and just like started screaming because I was like, what (laughs) just happened? Like what, what actually just happened? And like, that was my big sign. And I, I think, (laughs) I think everybody kind of gets it. I mean, like, did you, did you ever have an experience like that? I had a big sign. Yeah. And I want to, I want to dive deeper. Uh, I have a question about that actually, but I'll, I'll share mine. So I remember when I was starting Java press, um, you know, I had a mentor who worked 40 something years for the same company, three months left until retirement, had a heart attack and died. Mm. And that was my big sign to just wake up. I think I'd been attracting a lot of, of change in my life. I didn't know how I didn't know I was doing. It was kind of similar to you. I was trying to make all these spiritual changes and trying to make all these these, these mindset changes and, and embrace a new reality for myself. And, and then all of a sudden something that I didn't even want or ask for happened. Um, and it, and I think it was the way I experienced that. It's, it's, that's another thing with clothing with the law of attraction. It's like, there's one version of law of attraction where I think you're visualizing something you want so bad. And then you get that same thing. And then there's this other version, which feels more like medicine back to our original conversation, which is like, you want something so bad, but then the universe gives you something that almost helps you get there. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the wake up call can happen in either way. And for yeah. me, my wake up call was the latter where I had an experience that just, oh my God, I, I have to move and I have to get there fast. And then this attitude shift, my work ethic changed. I mean, all the things that led to then actualizing the the reality uh, happened. Um, and I want to ask you actually uh, on that note. So the universe, yes, big thing in the beginning to mm. give you like faith that, Hey, look, I'm real. Mm-hmm. And then it's there. And then you're like paying attention. Sometimes you might forget it, but it's always there in the back of your mind. You're always like that first thing happened. This has to be real. Yeah. And in my experience, I've always found that it goes quiet for a while where you don't see any big changes. You're kind of going off this one boost of energy where you're just pushing, 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 mm-hmm. uh, based on faith, mm-hmm. but you don't see these small things. How do you start to notice the smaller wins or like, instead of a big shot from the universe, did you start noticing smaller little like layups from the universe yeah. that, that, that encouraged you on your path and told you to just keep pushing when things got hard? Yep. Um, I always ask for signs. I always, always, always ask for signs and rarely is it ever like a big thing anymore because that's traditionally like not really how it happens. It's like these things kind of take time to work themselves out and you're right. Like sometimes the universe will give you something where at the time you're like, what the hell? Like, that's, that's not what I wanted, but but it ends up like turning into something that, you know, is helping you along on the path. 
And for me, it's interesting. Like if I'm not like lined up in like the proper vibration that I should be, you know, resting in, um, I don't, I don't get signs. I don't really get my signs. And the, the signs that I generally get are like repeating numbers. So when I, when I need support or when I'm on the right path, like every time I look at my phone, it's like 11, 11, 1, 1, 11, 2, 22, like, like, like in the most bizarre way, like, and I understand that whole concept, like, well, when you're looking for it, like you're going to see the numbers more, but like, you know, there are periods of time where, where I don't like one example was like, I find 11, 11, very special. And this, this recent breakup that, that I went through, um, I ended up having this really great call with my astrologer and she had, you know, told me these wonderful things and gave me a bunch of hope, even though it was in like a really dark place. And I finished this call with her and I'm like, well, you know, I really hope these things happen. And my phone flashes and I look over and it's 11, 11 and I just start bawling uh-huh. and I'm like, even though things are really hard right now, I know I'm supported. <laughs> and, and it was, you know, even though things were difficult, like I, I, I knew that, that there was support there. And once I started feeling better, it was just, you know, all the good things started rolling in again and, and starting to see the signs and just, and, and following those signs too. Like that's really important. Like you got to look for these little things and, and, and don't say no to them. Um, because then you're, you're saying no to the gifts. Ooh, that's so beautiful. And I got a question. So if I don't know what the signs are, how do you start to recognize, like, is there a way that you can start treating everything as a sign? Yeah. And are there practices that you go through to help yourself be more in tune, whether it's taking something that maybe, maybe is a sign, maybe isn't a sign, but taking it as a sign anyways, yeah. like, are there practices you go through to just make you more open to receiving? Totally. I mean, sometimes I'll look at the clock and it's 11, 12 and I'm like, eh, close enough. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, thanks universe. I'm on the right track. Cool. (laughs) You know, but yeah, I mean, you know, emails that pop up out of the blue or, or whatever things, things that you weren't expecting or even things that you are expecting. I mean, it could be totally crazy, but (laughs) in my case, it, uh, it puts me into like this great vibration where I really do feel connected. And, and, and that, you know, gives me the faith and faith is like one of the most important, um, I think feelings to use to, to, to manifest stuff. Right. Because like you want something, but then you've got to, you you have to kind of like let it go and allow it to manifest, but just, just know what's going to happen. You just know what's going to be there. What do you define faith as? Like, what does faith mean to you? Faith for me, well, it's, it's belief, right? But when I say faith in, in this aspect, um, for me, it's believing that there is like this universal field that you can tap into and that we aren't just here doing random senseless things, you know, that there, there is a plan and, you know, I subscribe to, you know, the idea of Dharma and, and I, I like that idea. I like that idea. I like the idea of reincarnation. All of these things just like resonate with me. Um, you know, there's some things that are just like a hard no, those don't. And to me, like, I like to tap into my intuition and be like, okay, this is this, this works for me because I feel 
that it does, <laughs> you know, like this just integrates well. So I'm Hindu by nature and I, or by, by growing up. And so I, when I was younger, I didn't really understand a lot of the spiritual practices and teachings that Hinduism taught, mm-hmm. uh, just Dharma reincarnation and all those different principles. And it wasn't until I actually started growing up and uh, practicing just spirituality on my own that I ended up finding my way back mm-hmm. to certain principles. Mm-hmm. Have you found yourself as you've sort of grown and changed and gone through your journey, like finding things in your past and almost being like changing your attitude towards the, the things that may have happened to you or changing oh, yeah. your attitude towards maybe some of the negative experiences you had just as you've gone further down the spiritual path? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like understanding the concept of, you know, hurt people, hurt people. You know, um, having a lot more compassion for myself back then, you know, we're really, really hard on ourselves, (laughs) really hard on ourselves. Yeah. I mean, those are two, two really big ones. Can you repeat the question again? (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. I I know I'm like woke as woke F right now. Asking (laughs) asking a lot of ridiculousness, but I'm having fun with it with, especially with someone like you. Um, the, the question was, you know, I, I realize the older I get and the more I sort of tap into my own spiritual practice and my own practices of becoming more self-aware and, and being my best self, I start to realize that some of the things I went through in the past that I might have viewed right. as negative or damaging or, yeah. or like the end of the world actually ended up being some of the best medicine. Yes. And so yes. I think that's what I wanted to ask. Have you seen yourself become better at that? But on, on the next page then, do you experience hardship differently now, knowing that mm. in the future you're going to look back at it and say, oh, hey, there's a lesson somewhere in there? Yeah. Yeah, no, because the lessons that I have now that show me that the things that happened in the past were actually meant to happen, to lead me to a better place, leads me to understand that the challenging things that happen now are there for a reason. And I do navigate them a lot better. I mean, some stuff is super new, you know, I haven't experienced this before, but I feel like there is a lot more grace with how I navigate stuff rather than just Mm -hmm. grasping for straws, (laughs) you know, and just, you know, panicking about things. Um, You know, those emotions can still come up. Like there's anxiety. There's, you know, I remember talking to a coach (laughs) this summer I was dealing with adrenal fatigue and I was, I was a mess. Like I was a complete disaster and I had a call with him and he's like, what do you want from me? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just really want to feel better. I'm like, I'm trying everything that I can right now. Like I'm desperately trying to get well. He's like, you're desperately trying to get well. He's like, that sounds ridiculous. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I just need to calm down. And, and that's when I really learned like, okay, I just need to sit with this. I need to sit with how uncomfortable this is and it will, it will go away. Right. And these challenges show you that you don't die. Like you're not going to die. This isn't going to kill you. Right. You, you get past it. Like the worst of the worst as horrible as you're going to feel, you won't die and you will come out stronger. I think that's beautiful just about your attitude. It's almost like the the idea of 
when you surrender to pain, it ends up turning into the thing you need to get through the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what I find so fascinating about just the way you navigate with grace. I think grace was a great word for it because I think that's a hard concept to internalize for a lot of people. Um, how would you teach that to someone younger in your life? If somebody like a younger version of you, how would you go back and teach them that, you know, these rock bottom experiences are meant to be experienced? How do you, how do you explain that to a child? Well, teaching a child, I think would require allowing them to know that their feelings are okay. Right. Like there's this whole new parenting style I'm seeing now that is allowing children to feel anger and navigating them through those emotions rather than, you know, go sit in your room, you know, stop crying, you know, spanking, that sort of authoritative parenting style that was, you know, traditionally done forever up until this point with the consciousness awakening. Right. Yeah. And that's really what it would be about. It's like, don't, don't feel shame that you feel a certain way. These things are okay. Like just letting kids know that the emotions that they're having are okay. And, and then providing outlets, right? Cause like my outlet was drugs and alcohol for a long time. Like, let's just numb that pretend it didn't happen, you know, but there are certain techniques like meditation. I love that they're teaching meditation in schools now. Like that is, that is so huge. Or just like screaming into a pillow and like punching the shit out of it. Like <laughs> different ways that you get that, that energy and emotion out, out of your body without like self-sabotaging. Yeah. How do you, how does meditation play a role in your own life? Um, and, and is it the traditional style of meditation where you're sitting there quietly or, or is it more of an active meditation? Uh, what role does meditation play in your life and why do you think it's so important? I mean, I used to think like, I need to meditate every single day sitting in lotus position. Like that is the only way to like, you know, go within or go without. <laughs> that was my mantra. You know, if you want to manifest things in your life. And, and now for me, meditation has several forms. Um, like I, the, the, the purpose for me is connection, right? To, to connect to my inner self, but also spirit. And spirit for me is nature. So me being outside, hiking, in trees, touching trees, hugging trees, that that to me is a form of meditation that is super, super important for me. Um, being out in nature is, is essential, and it should be essential for all humans, honestly. Um, and then the lotus-style position that I like to do. I've kind of made my own sort of... Um, technique, you know, with using breathing exercises and stuff. And it's, it's a tool, right? So like I may use that technique a lot more when I'm going through a challenging period because it helps calm me down and keep me focused when I'm feeling more energized and I just want to be out in the world, but I want to feel connected, you know, go out into nature. So it depends. You can mix, mix and match it. You know, there's people that, that seriously study this sort of stuff and it's like, you know, it becomes a hard, rigid religion type thing. And I, to me, like, I don't subscribe to that. I don't think that's really how it works. Like it, it shouldn't be, I don't know. There, there shouldn't, it shouldn't be rigid. It just should be like free flowing and just, just how you're feeling and tapping into that. I think even that's a, a breakaway from traditional mindsets, right? 
like traditional mindsets are all about following structure and following the rules. And I think there's a certain flair for just embracing uncertainty, unknown, mm-hmm. and trusting mm-hmm. your feelings. Um, how did you begin to start creating that culture in your own life? Like, how did you start creating that? Because you said it yourself, you're like a, like a potion master. You're like a, like a, like a witch. <laughs> you like to like tinker around with things and play around with plant medicines and different spiritual practices. What made you become so comfortable with that? Um, were you brought up that way or was it something that sort of like you just sort of became naturally drawn to? How did you develop the curiosity? Yeah, no, definitely was not brought up that way. <laughs> um, it, it started, you, you know, it's funny. I think with women, it's kind of innate. Most little girls love fairy tales. You know, there's, there's, there's this want in us to believe in magic. The fact that like, there's so many religious people on the planet and that we as humans believe that there's something more is almost like that's programmed into us. And I always like, I love the, like one of my favorite movies on the planet is practical magic. Like I love that movie. (laughs) And you know, the thought of being a witch would be so cool. And then, you know, learning more, um, you know, reading more on like feminism and, and shamanism and, and all of these, you know, powerful, wise women concepts, learning that that's like, anybody can be a witch, like witches, being a witch is just like, you know, wanting to heal and, and, you know, it could be a midwife. It could be someone making potions. It could be someone that just lives on purpose and likes to communicate with nature. And I was able to kind of get comfortable with that and, and be more fluid with it just recently. Honestly, it, it, it came, it came out of being in a very restrictive relationship which kind of suppressed who I was and what I was supposed to blossom into. And once that kind of went away and I learned to kind of let go and relax through the past few months of like turmoil, now it's just, I just feel much more free flowing. You know, I, I can do what I want. I can express myself the way that I want. And, and this is just, this, this has just come to me that like this, this is the type this is the wisdom that you need to be communicating and, and it just feels good. It feels right. It feels playful and fun and, and allows me to be more creative. That's so awesome. I love that you're taking this on as an identity um, and tying it to such powerful concepts, like, like just powerful women. And, and I don't know, it's, that's, that's awesome. I, I think that's amazing. I want to transition. I think that's a beautiful transition into Wild remedies and chaga and 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 how you stumbled upon uh, this potion, this particular potion, <laughs> and why you're so passionate about it. Yeah, so uh, it's actually another kind of crazy story. I was living in Malaysia at the time. I worked for a company out there, and you know, I'd been into wellness stuff for for a little while, and I'd come home to Canada one summer, and. Uh, what was it? Oh, okay. So the, the first time I, I basically was introduced to Chaga three times in one week in very strange ways. The first was my ex-business partner introduced me to this guy who wanted help branding his product. And it was this brewed Chaga tea. 
and I'm going, I have never heard of this stuff before. Like I, like I use nutritional yeast and all this other weird shit. Like how have I never heard of chaga? <laughs> I mean, and he's telling me all of these insane health benefits and I'm like, why have I never heard of this? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to put a pin in that. And then a few days later, I'm hanging out at a girlfriend's place and she's in a shamanism. We're talking about kombucha and then she mentions chaga and I'm like, super weird. Okay. And then <laughs> the third time I went to this place called the center of the universe. <laughs> it's, it's about an hour and a half drive from my hometown in Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada, up in dead man's Creek. And people come from all over the world to meditate there. It's like a little spiritual Mecca on like the top of this mountain. <laughs> and, and the story is, is that back in the seventies, there are a group of monks that came up from San Francisco and did a bunch of energetic tests in the spot and they deemed it the center of the universe. So I went to go visit this place because I had been dying to go and I went with my family and there's a man that lives up there. His name is Ray and he's got this long white beard and he's giving us a tour around and he's showing us things that you can eat in the forest and, you know, water witching and all these energetic things. And he looks at me and he's like, you ever heard of Chaga? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got the message. I got it. I got it. I got it. It's kind of funny that that happened at the center of the universe too, right? It's like the universe <sighs> threw just not, not little, little layups at you. It was throwing a boulder at your face. Yep. A hundred percent. So I was like, okay, got the message. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try this stuff. I started researching, like, what is the best quality? Like, what is the best way to take this? I did a ton of research in the beginning, found um, a really great extract. Extracts are like the best way to consume chaga and started testing it on myself and had really great results with my blood pressure initially like surprising results. <laughs> and the more research that I did, you know, this is a typical thing, I guess, like people have really great results with their blood pressure and cholesterol when, when drinking chaga tea every day. Um, now for me, it's my immunity. Like I still would get colds and flus all the time. Like I travel a lot. Every time I got on a plane, I would get sick and it was like the worst. And now it's like, I never get a cold or a flu. And I'm like, that's gotta be the stuff, you know? And it is, it's a huge immune, immune system booster. It's pretty wonderful. Um, but yeah, playing with this product, I, I really wanted to create a product as a designer. I've created stuff for people for many years and I just wanted to make my, my own thing. And I just wanted to create something beautiful and luxurious, you know, I think being a CEO and a designer <laughs> puts kind of design at the forefront yeah. and branding, which is what I've done. And, and, and people love that and they appreciate it. And it is a high quality, beautiful product. And I want it to be presented in that way. So we've just got the one Chaga product right now. Um, but there are more on the horizon. One of my friends is calling them fairy juice. So they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're going to be very spectacular. I'm excited to release them. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm, I, that sounds amazing. I actually want to try some myself. So how do I, how do I go in and support you and, and, and try some of your amazing chaga? Yeah, you can go on our website. It is wildremediesshop.com. And there you'll find tons of information on chaga. And if you want to try it, we ship worldwide. Perfect. I'm super <laughs> excited. Yeah, that sounds uh, I've been starting to be more open to my, uh, to just drinks that aren't coffee, um, uh -huh. as, of, as of late. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. is actually great in coffee. You can put it in your coffee. It'll reduce the acidity 
and yeah, give you all of those amazing antioxidant benefits. Chocolate actually has the highest source of antioxidants on the planet. Like I didn't know that. It's that's nuts. actually that's pretty wild because coffee has a good amount of antioxidants itself. That sounds like it's a like a super. Like, oh yeah superfood, if you would, that also wakes me up. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm sold. That's easy. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go check it out. Uh, Krista, I just want to just acknowledge you as a, as a human being right now, because the, you're so awesomely yeah. tapped in awesome and then awesomely tapped in. It's <laughs> like the ups and downs of roller coasters. I think this is why I wanted you here. And I think this is why when I first met you, it was like, it was pretty apparent. You just you, you move through these, these roller coasters of life with a lot of grace and, um, and not a lot of, it's just a lot, very lighthearted, um, mm-hmm. attitude towards pain, love, suffering, growth experiences. And, uh, I just really appreciate you taking the time to share that here with me and everybody. I definitely learned a lot. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure being here. I hope I brought some value. And I mean, it's not like this is a graceful thing when you're in the <laughs> Let me remind you, like I was a sobbing, gross mess. During- <laughs> when I look back at it, yes, I've learned some lessons and now I feel a little bit more graceful. But yeah, it, it's it's fine to fall apart, people. It's fine to fall apart. Well, your mess is your message. So it works <laughs> out that way. Um, all right. Well, I have one last question for you. And uh, so in the midst of everything you've been through, all the amazing change you've experienced, all the abundance and low points and just everything that's happened in your life, how do you stay grounded? I stay grounded by, once again, that word, just faith, (laughs) you know, by, by having a plan, you know. I think it's important to have a vision board, you know, understand what you want to build and accomplish in this lifetime. And then the faith is the thing that, that anchors me the most, I think, just knowing that's going to happen. How does that feel? You know, it's funny. Like I will still get butterflies about things, maybe not working out, but I just push that thought out of my mind. And I'm like, no, I know that I'm supported. I know that these things are going to manifest. I look at my life three years ago and I'm just like, how, you know, as a designer, like never creating a product. Now I, you know, manufacture stuff, ship things all over the planet. Like, I'm like, I don't even know how I'm doing this right now, but I wanted to do it. And now it's a thing. It's yeah. It's just that faith. You decide you want to do something. And if you're dedicated and you put it out there, it'll happen. Awesome. Well, you're an inspiring woman. And uh, I really appreciate uh, that message along with everything else you've shared here. But um, everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Krista. And from us, Stay Grounded. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, 
Thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.